0: Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy.
1: And I'm Eric Olson.
0: You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy. And i'll be your host i'm also the founder of array digital we are a digital marketing agency that works exclusively with lawyers to help grow their case pipeline today i got a special guest who's not that far away from me here in dc we have steve lieberman and michael greenberg so thank you guys for joining me together on the show today i'm excited to learn more about you individually and the areas of expertise that you have and your firm and more about how you're growing that firm. So, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, without further ado, uh, really, first off, want to learn more about you individually, personally. So, in any order that you guys want, but tell us about you know what inspired you individually to become an attorney, and uh, give us a little bit about your journey to where you are now.
1: We, at least for me, I decided that I wanted to know the rules a long time ago in college and realized that i really didn't know any of them and that's what pushed me into going into law i originally started said i was going to do criminal law quickly realized i didn't really like it and had a background already in computer science so pushed in the direction
0: of intellectual property excellent and uh, michael about what about you
2: well originally when i came out of high school i was provisionally admitted to med school and i thought i wanted to be a medical doctor and then in college I was taking biology and chemistry, obviously, and I started to realize, hey, you know what? Maybe I really don't want to be a medical doctor. I can stand the blood and all that stuff. But um, I don't know. I liked writing. I I liked interpreting things in English, English classes that I took. And one day, a professor said, hey, do you ever think about being a patent attorney? Because, you know, you can use that science background and you kind of have to reinterpret what people invent. And put it in a way the patent office can understand.
0: Yeah, I so. love that. I, I like that you both thought you wanted to do something. I mean, it turned out that it was something else. And I, I love just hearing the journeys and the, the transition people make along their path. And so I appreciate you sharing that. So, and I, I've talked to quite a few patent attorneys, especially on this show, and it it seems most have some engineering or mechanical background or something like that, that's really kind of... You know taken to them where they are and struck their interest in and in being a patent attorney. So very interesting stuff. Can you guys give me a little bit more, I guess in-depth look at the firm itself and what your real focus is, what's your ideal customer may be, like what's your real focus and where you feel you are unique in your offering?
1: We're a relatively small firm. Uh, Michael and I are the two partners. We have a few other attorneys that work with us. uh, Senior partner Deborah McCormick, who does trademarks, and a few other people that we work with that we do lit with litigation with in Virginia, as well as Emmanuel Empress, who does immigration. But the main focus of the firm is intellectual property. We've been we opened our doors in 1996 after actually meeting at a mid-sized law firm and. Uh, it sort of took it from there. We started out focused on just patents and quickly realized that people needed an awful lot more. They needed sort of the gestalt of IP. And so we've been focusing on prosecution, obtaining the intellectual property and helping people protect it and use that intellectual property in all different various ways, including litigation, contracts, things of that sort.
0: Excellent, okay, that makes sense. Uh, well, Michael, for you, um... Any particular industries that you've found a niche in or that you're just heavy in, or is it kind of just general, you know, general?
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a hodgepodge. That's the way I'd put it. I mean, we, I mean, you know, on the patent end, for example, I mean, we might do, you know, a better pillow or a better mousetrap, but it could also be something that's software related, an app for a phone. It could also be biotech, like nanotech particles. It could be drugs, like for a heart company. Or, you know, it, it varies. And I think Steve would probably say on the domains and the trademark and copyright end. It, it also, it's kind of, I mean, you know, obviously if we don't like something or we don't feel confident, in something we will tell that we don't want to do it, but no, I mean, our day stays varied and it kind of makes it interesting.
0: Well, nice. I mean, uh, some prefer that and you get to different challenges, get to work on different things. And of course, none of the same, no matter what, but just wanted to see if there was any kind of like place or niche that either naturally formed or you know you going after from a you know outreach marketing standpoint so
1: i'd say that actually if you want to look for a pattern all of our clients are in some way mavericks they're people that think outside the box people mm-hmm. who want to change things not your run-of-the-mill sort of human being that you you talk to him like wow how did you think of that you know so that's more of what it is and those people think about the world and I have expertise in every area possible that you can imagine. And you got to take them as they come because they're always interesting and they're always moving really fast. You
0: no, know, it sounds like some great folks to be talking to. I'm always interested in anything like that business or you know just anything you can imagine. Just I like to have this conversation. So I seem to get they have some pretty amazing conversations with these folks. And so that's pretty cool. Um, I've actually had some other companies in my past, applications and apps, and had to go through some of this process myself. So switching gears a little bit, you know, what's really worked well for you all in the firm to attract or obtain new clients, whether it's outreach, networking, you know, referrals, what's really worked well for you and, and how's, how do the clients come in your door today?
1: I mean, it's sort of a hodgepodge again. The majority of our work, I'd say 90% plus is word of mouth that we've been around for a little while, I guess 26 years. And uh, we've gone to conferences and we actually started out in the very beginning advertising in the yellow pages. Uh, We had something like what, 150 different yellow page advertisements in the very beginning. And so we met a lot of people and talked to a lot of people over the years. And people come back over and over again. And then they say, oh, look, that worked really well. Let me tell my friend. And I think that's the majority. Um, we do do some online advertising. Michael can talk about that a little bit more as well.
0: Okay. Yeah, Michael. Um, well, first off, you, you can't beat a referral. You can't beat just one good work and, and that word of mouth is just priceless. But I'd like to hear more too. Like, I know you guys have a nice website and you can check that out too while we're thinking about it. If you're looking on the screen, watching live, it's aplegal.com just below. If you're listening on the podcast, of course, just aplegal.com. You can check check out the website, learn more about their firm and connect with these gentlemen as well. Uh, But Michael, tell us a little bit more about um, what you got going on online with the website and then some of the advertising. If you
2: dial all the way back to the early days of the internet and, and firm was maybe like four years old basically if you advertised online it was kind of like it was like an option you know any second you wanted you could be number one or number two or number three on that search engine just by bidding more at that moment um so that's the way the world was not anymore these days it's a lot harder but yeah i mean online's always a good way to reach out i think no matter how you meet clients normally or you like to meet clients because it's just a, a whole venue of you know, it's the whole United States or the whole world, you know. So it's a good way to do it. And I think the important thing if you're doing online advertising is you need to somehow establish a connection to them because, you know, after all, you're not sitting in the same room, you're not shaking their hand, you know, and, and that's a human type thing. You know, it's like the old Star Trek's, you know, people need people and online makes it a lot harder. I think you have to establish their confidence in, in different ways. But, you know, that I would agree with Steve that a lot of what we still do, except, you know, the viruses put a a little, you know, a a pause in everything, but a lot of what we do is uh, we try to be involved in the community, we try to do bar association functions, we try to do, we put on continuing legal education seminars, you know, we'll present them, you know, you, you try to stay relevant, even, even an interest that you have, I mean, you know, like, you know, if you're interested in another type of law, well, it can't hurt to go to a Friday breakfast and grab a coffee and a bagel, you know, at least you're there and you're meeting people. And you know, that doesn't cost anything. And that's more human way, I think, to meet people, even though, yeah,
1: we do online advertising. We also do uh, trying to meet people for some of these networking meetings, uh, although these days they're all via Zoom. So it's always a little bit odd if you're Staring at it through your cell phone or on the screen, it's a little bit harder to reach out and touch people, but you do get to talk and, and somehow connect with people, which is part of the, I think is in fact the entire point. You have to connect somehow.
0: You know, a hundred percent. And I was big when I started my company 2006, around that time, was you know, networking and meeting people and going out and doing it. And obviously we, my company exists to get exposure online, but you have to have those human elements. Video is amazing. Uh, they get to know you and, and listen to you. If you write articles, they can read and get expertise from you before they even hire you. All those things help them go, okay, I feel like I like these folks. Uh, I, they're helping me, um, I can connect with them. So yeah, I agree with what you're saying, Michael. You know, you can't just have an ad out there and and know nothing that really brings them in and and feel like they have some connection to them. That's the part that's harder to do online. So um, I'm excited, too, hopefully in 2022 to go out to some more events, go to some conferences. So hopefully we'll see how all that goes. But um, I'm ready to get back to that, too, myself. I love to be online and, and doing all that stuff. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, you need to be we need to get in front of people again. So I'm excited about that. Very much so. So we'll just shifting gears a slight bit. With your firm there? Are you all in the office? Or are you at home? What's the situation uh, would you there in DC?
1: We're, we've actually been uh, remote from probably more than a decade at this point. We started going remote uh, long before the pandemic. More and more we had client our employees were saying, no, we don't want to be in the office and we can get the work done just as well. And in fact, we're gonna save a couple of hours commuting. Until we got back in, what, 2005, I think. We had an office that used to have 16 people in it, and we had one secretary sitting up front, and that was it. At which point we said, this just doesn't make an awful lot of sense. So we moved our office to something smaller and said to everybody, yeah, you can, you can, you can work from home. So everyone's from home. You can see my background here this is my home office, and there's Michael's home <laughs> office. And we do have the office downtown, which we go to now and then. But people don't want to even, even clients don't seem to want to meet there too often. If they do want to meet half the time, they're like, well, let's meet at a restaurant. At least I can get something to eat at the same time. And There's nothing wrong with eating with somebody.
0: No, that's what you guys are way ahead of the curve. And (laughs) so you're like, oh, we got to go remote. Yeah. So what? We're already there.
2: I'll tell you. I mean, I think Steve would agree. You know, if we think back to when we started the firm, I remember walking into Citibank, you know, and you're trying to, you know, set up your accounts and everything, And when we told them this vision that we had back in 96 of having a kind of a a distributed law firm, so to speak, or whatever you want to call it at that time, and they completely thought we were crazy. And they were, you know, they were like, good luck. And in, in many ways, I think it. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, we, were, we weren't we were like Nostradamuses or something, but, you know, we had an idea of what we wanted, but the world technologically wasn't quite there. You know, internet wasn't fast, wasn't terribly reliable if people worked at home. People had computers, but they usually weren't terribly capable. Uh, they had tech problems. And if you didn't have a tech guy there, they were stuck. You know, servers had to be held somewhere that you couldn't host them. There was um, no cloud. So all these, all these <laughs> issues, you know, that prevented it. But slowly the world got accelerated. And that's a good thing.
0: Well, it's not like you had the idea, but you kept your eye on it. And so you, you were able to figure it out at some point, right?
1: Well, I've always been computer oriented. And so we actually started out in 96, networking a computer I had and Michael's old SE and transferring files via FTP. Uh, And I had servers literally nailed to the wall. So
0: (laughs) that's funny. I I picture like a photo of like Jeff Bezos in his office with like stuff stuck over the walls and Paper everywhere.
1: <laughs> I can imagine that he was. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah, it
0: done. <laughs> yeah, we thought
2: we were actually pretty cool. I, th- I remember using Hyper Terminal that I thought I could print something on Steve's multifunction device, and likewise he could do the same on mine. And, and using dial up, we were pretty advanced. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you so you've been remote for quite a long. You said a decade or so, right? So, mm-hmm. um, although
2: we caved in, I mean, at some point we realized it was quite hard to maintain employees and to be remote. So then we kind of went physical, but as soon as we saw the opportunity, we tried to get away from
0: it. Yeah, I like it. And I think this is the way the world's going to be. And I've talked to many, many attorneys and firms, all different shapes and sizes. Very few are all in the office. There's a a couple that just never left and they just said, we're not doing it. But most have gone with the hybrid model. And that seems to be the most popular across the board. I've done a poll on LinkedIn that got, I don't know, 20,000 different views and votes, but Hybrid is what people are wanting as an employee as well. So they like to keep being a little bit. They have the opportunity, but they don't want to be forced to do it. So, right. I just
1: think that's that's uh, a what the government's, government's done, too. You, you look at the patent and trademark office, and most of the examiners work from home, you know, two or three weeks of the month, and the, maybe they'll come in one week, and that's about it. Interesting. You okay. have to make appointments when you, when you have to do a, a meeting with one of them so they can actually leave their house.
0: All right, well, thanks for sharing that. And uh, it's just something that's always on people's minds, especially now. Uh, Hopefully things will start to taper off and we can get back to meeting in person. Doesn't mean we have to stay or come back to the office necessarily. And that's the same thing I'm doing. I have 20 employees and I think I got three in today and the office physically, but most of them are gonna be remote. So we don't miss a beat. The technology is, is good and stable now and back to work. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at arraylaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. What are some of the tools uh, that you guys use to, to manage your pipelines? So you have different, uh, lots of different clients, but what do you use to, to manage those clients and the pipelines and, and things like that?
1: Well, I mean, we use a uh, one online system called Clio that's okay. for part of the process. We also have written a bunch of our own custom software for our, like Escrow Domains is, is custom. Fish is custom. that when we need something it's relatively easy to put things together and and connect different pieces of software via api you know and we have also processes internal so that you know jacob knows that when he sees something he has to pass it over to shannon shannon uh, manages it and watches and sees what's what's happening with david etc it just sort of goes that way everyone knows what their role is
0: absolutely love it and that's the basis for any good business right there processes in place systems so thanks for sharing that so give me a little more details about how that operates in the you know the the software you developed
1: the software we developed uh, the like at least with within escrow domains really does take everyone the clients step by step through the process that it they'll come in they'll fill out their information escrow domains is for for on, mostly for online domain name escrow we have other stuff for other different types of applications and different processes but as an example, someone comes in, they, they want to start a process, they'll fill out the form as to who they are and who the um, person on the other side is. They'll both agree to the contract or upload a custom contract, and the system will automatically send out emails acknowledging the steps as they go through each time they do the next piece that's re- that's required of them. Um, at the same time, it's going to notify David, tell David what he, what, that what's going on. He'll be able to see it in the admin panel on his side that shows wh- where he is in the process and if there's anyone has issues. And of course, there's always issues. Then uh, he'll step in and say, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. Nothing is ever perfectly clear. But it's nice in that it makes it very easy to go step by step through the process of an escrow or the process of obtaining a trademark. You know, always start out with, you know, what's your basic information? And then an email goes out to them automatically saying, here's the additional information that we need. And then it comes back in, they'll get their retainer agreement and schedule and they'll have to sign it, send in whatever funds are necessary and then move forward to get the work done. Once it's done, you click on the button and says, oh, look, it's done and then keep moving.
0: That is beautiful. And so I, I, we're always, I'm always trying to improve those processes and, and we got a lot of work to do, but usually a hodgepodge of, you know, KPIs, or, um APIs, Zapier, different uh, task management systems. So I think a lot of smaller companies they'll kind of, together their own kind of system but it's it sounds really awesome what you guys have and that's super important so just based on that either one of you have a book you may recommend to anyone listening any attorneys that maybe don't have those systems in place and those processes or any kind of technology that's helping them out not really
1: Yeah,
2: I don't. I mean, the only (laughs) thing I would throw in that aside from a book, in addition to everything Steve said, that's completely right and true is that I think the people also make a big difference. You can't do it unless you have the right people, you know, whether you're in the office or out of the office, you know, you have to know that you're in sync with, you know, it's almost like a team, you know, you can have great players, but if they don't get along, it's not going to work. And I think that's crucial, especially when you're remote or distributed or whatever you want to call it. We're it, even in the virus time and you're, you know, doing hybrid. I, I think it's important that, you know, you know that you can count on somebody and they're, and they're, even if you're not talking, you're you're still doing what you need to be doing.
0: So I'll just recommend some books. Just I was just throwing it out there. I was thinking you guys have probably read some of the books I have. But EMyth, which is actually, uh, there's a group called How to Manage a Small Law Firm, which is an organization. But they, I think they recommend that book to their, their members. But EMyth is a really good book all about the franchise model so like think of Mc, mcdonald's you know, everything's got a process there's a step-by-step so it, exactly what you guys have developed pretty much which is great yeah you have to have the you know right people in the right seats which is super important so another book is traction which i think is really good to cover that but again what you guys have done is exactly what those books teach so so for anyone that hasn't figured it out themselves maybe you go check those books out but but I, yeah it's amazing what you guys have done with that um that you're on the leading edge of, of some of this stuff. That I think, hopefully, a lot of young attorneys starting out, starting their own firms. Yeah, you know, what I hear a lot is they're not taught how to run a business. They they kind of have to figure it out, have some mentors, and and ask others. So I agree.
2: I, 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 as I said to Steve, I think last week that I mentioned to somebody that you know we happen to be lawyers and we're selling legal services, but you know for that matter, we could be selling pizza. You know, you're still running a business, and, and there's a lot that has nothing to do with the, the practice of law.
1: You know, it's funny you say that. A lot of, I, I grew up with a father who ran, ran a medical practice, and my sister runs a medical practice. And there really isn't a giant difference other than obviously you have to be physically in the office for medical practice. It's hard to look at somebody and prod them if they're not, if you're not physically in front of them. But it's really very much the same thing. You have to have a step-by-step process and you have to know what happens after each one. Of course, odd things come up in every single practice and therefore you have to be available to your employees to be able to answer questions. What do we do in this particular situation? So availability and communications becomes very, very important. We like to IM, we use online messenger, and yep. it makes it very, very easy to get a message because even if you can't look at it immediately, you can see it even when you're on the telephone. And if it's an emergency, someone will say it's an emergency, or if not, you'll get to it, you know, 10 or 15 minutes later when you finish whatever you're doing. So it's or an hour. So it's a combination of those. So, so, you know, if you can always go look at what your doctor's office does and copy what they do, because it's not the same software, but it's still the same idea.
0: No, I I think it's, I mean, communication is the biggest thing that I know we're always working on and trying to improve, but part of that process, right, that they're alerted the next thing, the next step, what we need from them, you know, what you guys need from them. So it's you know bringing them in that intake process and everything going smooth everyone knows what to do they know what's going on and i think the biggest complaints i hear about law firms when i talk to folks is that they just don't know really what's going on. Uh, I don't know where my case is. I don't know, you know, when I'm going to hear back. I don't, you know, and so I think that's the biggest flaw I see out there. It's not that the attorneys can't do good work. It's just there's no communication mechanism. So
1: yeah, very much so. That and and there's got to be one spot or one or two to look for particular things. So if you don't know where to go look for it, you're sort of done.
0: Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, con- you know, kudos to you all on um, what you have in place, and I think it's really cool that you've kind of developed your own systems, your own technology software. So hopefully a lot of people will listen to that and say, okay, what can I do? What's out there? Uh, Clio, obviously a big piece there. Um, That's pretty popular system there. But so what is one thing you would share with a young attorney listening, just a word of advice, just if they're just getting started, just like you guys did, uh, what's something you would share with them? Each one of you, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> Just put you on the spot.
1: Be open to change, I think. As I said, I started out thinking about doing criminal law and realized pretty quickly I didn't like it. That. You got to be doing something that you like, frankly. If you're not interested in what you're doing, it's going to turn to hell. If you like it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I love that we get to see all these new weird ideas and new concepts and new businesses long before they're out in the public. It it tickles me. And I really enjoy the process of seeing someone come to us and saying, hey, I got this great idea. And that's all it is. Something they thought of when they're walking down the street and turning it into, you know, 10 or 15 years later, a major corporation. And we've seen that over and over again. And many of those people that came to us is just one guy walking down the street has turned into large companies that are still clients, which is just so much fun. So try to have fun with what you're doing. Really, if you don't enjoy it, go try another area of law. Law is great in that there's, almost, there's such a plethora of different areas to look at and play with. You're, there's always a little bit of grind no matter what. But don't let the grind take over.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Great yeah, words of advice. Michael, what you got?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would tell somebody, you know, if you're going to start your own firm and especially if you tend to be younger, you know, if you're in your 20s or late twenties or early thirties, you know, don't be discouraged and don't give up because I think the world kind of says, well, you're not supposed to be a partner or, or in a a managing type role or in charge until you're much older, which might be true, but it doesn't have to be. So, you know, don't necessarily follow that structure if you don't think that's for you and, you know, do what you want. I mean, you know, it's a time to be creative and you can mold and make things the way you want it. You know, the kicker is you have to have people paying you to do it, you know, but (laughs) But but separate from that, uh, you know, you do what you want to do, because I, I think both Steve and I, when, I remember when we used to drive back and forth from the law firm behind the Pentagon where we worked that, you know, we are stuck in traffic, you know, we we you know, you, after you put in long hours, then you only have to do it again the next day, driving back and forth. And, you know, it's not like you don't enjoy being with people, but, you know, we could see a different way to live and a different way to get work done and have fun. And so if you see that, don't give up, try to make it
0: happen. Excellent. I love both of those. And and I think too, when you're young and I was in my, like 23, when I started my company and you're young. So people are like, here's this young person, this young guy, you know, they trust you or even think that you can you know, do the work or have the expertise. And so you got to fight through that, you know? But next thing you know, you're 30 and going, oh, okay." Now people uh, will actually listen to me. But but it's what you do during those times, right? I think that defines you and puts you on the right path. So excellent, I, I love that. So uh, next que- last question for you guys. You know, you you started the firm. In, you said 94 or 96. 96. 96. So looking forward, hopefully COVID will just disappear at some point here. What is the plans? What's the growth look like the next two to five years? What, is, what do you guys have on the radar?
1: We've been enjoying. It's not really that there's going to be giant changes. Um, we've been extraordinarily consistent over the last 10 years, bringing in almost within ten dollars or $20,000, the exact same amount. We have found that as we add admin employees that we're able to accept and do more work. So we're doing more litigation, we're doing more uh, and higher and more complex transactions, which is enjoyable because after you've you know, ridden 3000 patents or done 400 uh, domain theft cases, you do wanna start looking at other things. So we're, we're slowly adding and creating more relationships with our clients where they rely on us more, acting more as general counsel role as well as being outside counsel. And uh, at least I've enjoyed that a lot Creating those relationships is you end up talking to the client every single day or every few days. So I I, I guess I think things are gonna go more in that direction.
0: Excellent, Michael?
2: Well, I mean, I I know not a huge amount so much, but in the last year or two, Steve and I have talked about how we don't want to be responsive every week or every month or every day or every hour, but we want to kind of shape our work so we it's more of a balance between work. And, and actually uh, enjoying life even more, you know, because as you get older every year, you start to realize your days might be numbered, you know? So, you know, we, we are trying to find either people who are more capable of taking care of tasks without our constant monitoring, or we're trying to develop workflows so that, things kind of happen on their own and we don't have to be quite as hands-on as we always have been. Although obviously it's our firm, so we always have to be, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of a direction we've been kind of thinking. Cause I don't, I mean, I, I know I've said to Steve that I know you know, and I've heard stories of of those who have retired, including relatives. And you know, I don't know if we necessarily relish having that sudden fall off of what we do every day. Um, yeah. It's just we want more of a balance, and we're trying to strive toward. It.
0: I think those are great goals and and huge things to accomplish. And I think it's easier said than done, right? So you want to back out a little bit, and you're not selling or you're not retiring, but you want to you know get a little bit more free time, some family time. So it makes. A lot of sense. I'm already trying to do that myself. But no, that makes sense. Those are big goals. I, I love it. So uh, nice and steady towards that direction, I think, will we'll pay off big for you guys. So
1: Hopefully. A good friend of mine um, is – he was my first boss before even the law firm where I met Michael. And he's 88 now and still likes to keep his hand in and do one – he takes – You'll do one piece of litigation at a time. And he's just fine. And it's talk about having experience. He doesn't work lots of hours, but he likes to keep his hand in and get the hell out of the house. Otherwise, I think his wife would kill him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, I I believe... That keeps someone going it keeps you alive, and you know some of the older folks that I know that own I mean that own businesses in the 80s, 90s still working still show up, they're not there all day, but uh, you know it keeps them moving. And you see a lot of people retire in their 60s or seventies and pass away very quickly. I just think you know we, we can't just go hundred miles an hour and then stop all of a sudden, so
1: yeah, agreed, yeah, yeah. you got to keep doing something, you know, keep your brain moving,
0: yeah, and I think my wife would kill me too, so uh, that's why I'm in the office today actually. So I had to get out of the house every once in a while too. Well, I appreciate both of you sharing your story, sharing more about your firm. Their website again is uh, aplegal.com and you go check that out. Is there any other way that folks could reach out, other attorneys in the area, other IP lawyer, anyone that can maybe be referral partners? We have a lot of attorneys that come on this show and a big list on our newsletter as well, which I'll talk more about in a second. But what's another way people could reach out and and connect with you?
1: Well, we've got a toll free, which is 888 275-2757. I don't think toll-frees really matter any longer. So we're obviously, Michael and I both are always on our cell phones and always available that if you call the uh, toll-free number or uh, 202-625-7000, same thing. That's an easy way. They can always email us at partners at aplegal.com or questions at aplegal.com in order to get somebody to email them back. And then of course, we're always on every single IM messenger client you can possibly imagine. So just search either one of our names on literally any one of them and you'll find us. Nice. So we're eminently available and always happy to chat.
2: We're pretty normal guys. We happen to be attorneys and have a law firm, but you know, <laughs> we're the guy you would meet while you're having a barbecue or Starbucks.
0: I love it. I'll, I'll come to DC every once in a while. I'll have to, uh, yeah, we know a great barbecue place. So come. Excellent. Yeah, my wife works for a company that's out of DC. So, uh, although she, we, she works from home here in, in Virginia Beach area. So, well, thank you guys so much for, for sharing everything about your firm. Anyone listening today, obviously, lots to take away with the processes and systems and how important those are. And you can intake a lot of clients, do a lot more cases and help a lot more people if you have those in place. So uh, just think about that. Again, I would recommend emyth myth and Traction, two awesome books that I continue to reread. But that would help you, I think, for those that don't have you know Steve and Michael to talk to you right this second, maybe help guide them towards what they've you know, been able to accomplish um, on their own. So anything else you guys like to share before I wrap us up?
1: Uh, if you need help with intellectual property, Prosecution, litigation, or uh, anything pertaining to domain names or internet law—give us a call. Happy to talk to you for free. Happy to consult on any any cases, or if you need local counsel in the area. Yeah, we, we don't
2: just do it. We don't just do it, but we we like doing it actually. So
0: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say uh, any attorneys out there that maybe have a case they are not able to handle, or not comfortable with, or maybe you don't even do you know IP, so, or um, so maybe you just you don't handle that maybe your general counsel or whatever, but you need a referral source, you know, reach out to these guys and they can at least talk to you and, and, and walk you through it. Maybe it's a good referral. So reach out to them, connect with them. Um, this episode will be available soon on arraylaw forward slash podcast. So arraylaw.com raylaw.com for podcast. So we'll have this feature up on our website. We'll also be getting the audio version up on our podcast on every single platform. So we'll be on, apple google spotify and everything in between iHeartRadio. radio so we'll, we'll have that out soon and then also we have the part uh managing partners newsletter uh, which goes out every single week we feature upcoming episodes uh, we also have the book club which is actual uh, books written by uh, attorney guests that we've had on the show uh, and then the other kinds of great information either shared by attorneys or marketing tips from us so uh, please check that out as well and if you need help with marketing, website development, design, social media, advertising, that's what we do. So if anyone needs that help, reach out to us at RayLaw.com. Happy to talk to you again for free, just like these gentlemen, whether it's telling you where to go, referring to someone else, or for the right fit. So that's it. I appreciate it. Guys, anything else? Thank you very much. We really appreciate it, Kevin. Happy oh. holidays. Happy New Year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Don't drink too
0: much. That is upon us. Uh, (laughs) It's coming quick. But just like I talked to these gentlemen before the show, it's pretty busy up until the holiday. So, you know, we got a a week and a half left to go pretty much. and, And then we can relax for a little bit, hopefully. So happy holidays, everyone. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining me today. You can stay on with me for just a moment. We'll see you backstage. Everyone else, have a great holiday. Happy New Year. And we'll see you soon. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully, you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.